She doesn't know what to say in the oh, song Oh, I wasn't anymore. going to. Oh, she wasn't going to say anything. Oh, uh, we got to think of like... Uh, it comes naturally. It came naturally last time. It's going to come naturally this time. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the brand new, spanking new branding of the formerly known as Review Podcast. How scary is it? A podcast in which we answer the question. How scary is it? Yeah. So um, it's going to be pretty much the same thing. <laughs> my my vision for... Um, this rebranding of a strictly horror movie podcast is pretty much the same same thing, same structure of events. So um, as for structure of events in uh, line with what we're doing, it'll go similarly to how it went with the review podcast in which for the first 20-ish minutes or so, we'll just BS and catch up with each other. And then we will head into spoiler territory where we break down the movie um, plot point by plot point, bit by bit, talk about it, discuss it, what we liked, what we didn't like, things like that. Um, so if you don't want spoilers for the movie, then once we're done with that BSing moment, that first like 15 to 20-ish minutes of the podcast... Uh, feel free to pause it, go watch the movie, come back, and then listen to our spoilery review of our horror movie. And afterwards, we will give it an arbitrary rating of whatever, however much we want, in terms of how scary is it. So, how you doing, Bree? I'm doing good. Yeah? Drinking coffee this morning. Yeah, we're recording this fairly early in the morning. We were going to do it last night, but then we got lazy. Yeah. I mean, my whole shtick is, like, if we don't get our stuff done by, like, 6 o'clock, I ain't doing any recording. And no, unfortunately, yeah, I, I completely we had a, understand. We had a lot of stuff to get done yesterday as we have just returned from the honeymoon Yes, we just came back from our honeymoon. We went to Disney World. And I'm drinking my coffee out of a Disney World Those were, mug. honestly, okay, so Disney will, I, I told my dad this yesterday on the phone. They I said, sell there's, you there's a cup. Two, there's two entities that I would never want after me. If one is the federal government of the United States. Second is Disney. And we're not going to badmouth the mouse on this podcast. I love the mouse. We love the mouse. But... I'm just saying they will gouge you for all of your money at Disney World. But one of the things that we found was really, really um, beneficial for us was at the resort. They have these refillable cups that you can... You buy them. They're $21 and tax. And you can use them for the entire length of your stay. And they're a refillable cup. Of course, there are some rules. Like... After a certain amount, like it's you can't all, just keep going up. You there. can't just keep going up. After a certain amount, it's like you can't have another refill for thirty minutes. I didn't find that to be true. It though, only happened I was... to me when I dumped out one whole thing and went back. But do you for remember more. like the times when the machine would give us flat pop and then we dump it out and refill? Like that I know. was not thirty minutes. That was like five seconds. I know, but I I figured like there's something like you can't keep going and refilling it. And unless you're some kind of madman that just 
chugs your soda, goes for another one, chugs that one, goes for another one. No, they're trying to stop people from going, filling up somebody else's cup, and refilling again. Mm-hmm. Oh. Oh. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I know the mouse's tricks. I, that's uh, that's the people's tricks. I know your tricks, mouse. Um, But it's a really good deal. I did it when I went to Disney with my mommy. The first time we went to Disney. The first time we went to Disney. We didn't didn't do it. Because, and this was the only reason, we were like a good like 15 minute walk away from the dining center. No, we we were. It was about a half hour walk. It was a really far walk. And this time we paid for the priority room, which I'd say if we ever go back, I'm getting a priority room again. Oh, yeah. It was so, so helpful. Whenever we wanted to just like go refill it was it's like, like a three-minute walk. Three-minute walk, fill it up, three-minute walk back, six minutes of our life. Now, the bad part about our vacation was, you know, we live in the Midwest, and uh, the Midwest most recently got hit with, like, one of the worst winter storms ever. Um, we missed it entirely. Which, we did. Which is great. Our travel was a nightmare, but we ended up making it to Disney. We ended up making it back, albeit switching airlines, and... Um, the the only I would say the only bad thing about our honeymoon, my only real big complaint about it was Florida got the um they got like a little bit of that winter storm. Oh, it was so freaking cold. It was like thirty degrees. The last day, and- the day we were leaving was warm. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, This is unbelievable. But I had a I had a wonderful time. Uh we I spent my entire trip looking for a shoulder pet so the the disney does this thing they have this like small version of a character and a magnet it goes underneath your shirt and the character sits on top because it has a magnet in his booty can i can i go backwards a little bit sure so when we got we got there on a thursday the friday we went to epcot because it was going to be like the day it was like the day before it was about to get really cold so like i might as well go to epcot that day Epcot was the one we were looking forward to the most. So we go to Epcot and Bree starts seeing like all these little shoulder guys. I'm like, what are these shoulder guys? Yeah, you question it like the whole day. You're like, what are these shoulder guys? You saw like Remy from Ratatouille. Pascal. Pascal. I saw Groot. Yeah. Yoda. Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda. Like these shoulder guys. People were walking around with these guys. And I was like, Anthony, I want these guys. No, you said it like right when we were about to leave epcot for the day and epcot had some of the best ones they had i think remy was remy exclusive. was an exclusive too they had so each park has an exclusive one is what i was researching mm-hmm. like you can only get some of them some places like remy is exclusively epcot like you can't get remy at any store yeah we couldn't find remy anywhere a lot of them can be found at world of disney in disney springs they have Brand new just came out is the Tinkerbell one. Oh, really? Yeah, I think that one's ugly. I, I thought know. it was ugly too. Min- Minnie Mouse is one. No, she wasn't. She wasn't. No, that was her hands were magnetic. That's not a shoulder. Oh. Guy. Um, they had Baby Yoda, which is so like they have so many of them. They're everywhere. It's like probably the one they make the most of. Then or they have Sebastian. They had Sebastian. They had the armadillo thing from raya and the last dragon Dragon. and then they had um what's its name the little figment 
Well, they had figment. They had figment. They and they had the little banshee And they from had the orange. No, they had the orange. Chicky. Yeah. The little chick. That's like Florida Disney mascot. Yes. The little orange. It's a chick with, an, chicken. with a head of an orange. Yes. So they had that. And I was like, you know what I really want? I was like, I either want Pascal. From Tangled. From Tangled. Or if I can't find that anywhere, because I did some research and it was released in 2000. Uh, we, so I even 20. saw, I saw a guy standing in line somewhere <clears throat> that had the little Pascal shoulder pet. And I went up to him and I asked him, I was like, where'd you get that? He's at eBay. So <laughs> He's like, I, I got it from Disney Hong Kong. I, I know that they probably don't have Pascal because it came out in 2020 and it's 2022, almost 2023. Today. As of this recording, yes. it's still one day before 2023. And anyway, um, so I was like, if I can't get Pascal, I want Groot. But we couldn't find Groot anywhere. And I heard that Groot was an a, um, Animal Kingdom exclusive. We so couldn't find any of those shoulder we couldn't pets even in find, Animal Kingdom. We only found the, the Avatar one in Animal Kingdom, which, boo. But then we went to World of Disney our last day before we left. Disney Springs and they had like maybe five of them yeah it was like a very low amount of Groots and I grabbed I snatched that boy up I I told Brie I'm like you better get this now because if we circle around and come back when we're done it'll be gone because we went to World of Disney and they had nothing except like Tinkerbell and so many Sebastians I'm like I don't want that I want a little baby Groot or I want Pascal I'm still gonna get Pascal I'm gonna go on eBay and you're going to go on eBay I'm going to I'm going to get it because I think it'd be funny. It'll make you look like Miss Frizzle. I I adore putting on a show for children. Yeah. I I adore being myself. Is teaching something I love? Yes. Is there something else I might like better? Yes. But I love putting on a show. I am a performer. And I think that's why I like teaching. I'm a performer. I like to perform. I I was a theater kid. I love and a choir kid. I love to perform. I was like, does does teaching fulfill everything? No, but performing for children and them thinking I'm outrageous. Putting on your clown shoes, doing your little clown dance. Do do I get tired? Yes, because my entire who I am, the persona, the teacher sona, is not who I really am. I've talked about this to my students sometimes before. I was like, you know, your teachers are like human beings outside of the classroom. Like a lot of a lot of your teachers are really introverted people and they put on they kind of turn it up to to 10 when they're in the classroom. But when it's just like when you're just with them one on one, you can see that your teacher is like a very uh, quiet. I'm like that where it's like. If I'm talking to a student, like, one-on-one, it's very, like, chill. But then when I'm in front of a classroom full of, like, 28, 29 kids, I put on – I turn it up to 10, you know? Not that I put on a show or I put on a mask. It's, like, I tur- I just turn myself up a little bit. I th- I'm i the definition of an anxious and introverted person. Anthony could attest to this. I'm, like, so anxious all the time and so introverted all the time. Like, I do not like to call – I do not like to place orders places. I don't like to pick up orders places. I would do not like to go to new places. I'm very, very like okay, so, introverted well, I'll, and anxious. I'll, I can tell a story about this more recently. So Southwest Airlines had this like big meltdown, right? And we were supposed to fly Southwest coming home. And uh, Bree was talking to her dad on December 26th. 
and her dad's like, you guys better look into Southwest. Like they had his big meltdown. He was joking. He was about joking it. about it. But then I started looking into it and I saw the, the videos on Twitter of like Midway Airport and Houston and Denver and uh, just how many people were just stranded at these airports and the baggage claim everywhere. It was a mess. So I was like, Bree, what do you want to do? Like we have a Thursday flight. It's Monday. Do you think we're going to make it? Do you think it's going to be okay or do you, should we switch flights? So we sat on it for a little bit. And the conversation we had was we're both anxious about taking an airline that we've never taken before. Yeah. With South- I've only f- flown, flown Southwest. I've flown like multiple different airlines before. Like I've flown Spirit. I've flown Delta. I've flown Southwest. And I'm comfortable with Southwest. Southwest is the one I'm most comfortable with. I, I can predict what's going to happen. I know that I can sit next to my husband. Um, people are like everyone's just trying to get there. The seats are not very comfortable. No one really reclines because it's rude. And yeah, tell me about you it get, on our flight. You get like a trail, like not a trail mix, but like it's not just pretzels. It's like pretzels and like these little toasts and some cheeses in this little bag. And they give you a he- like a little bit of soda pop. And I like it. Right. And we we had to make the decision on whether or not we were going to get stay with Southwest and take that chance or reschedule to a different airline. And he wants to make this decision in the middle of us in Hollywood. I was Hollywood. like freaking out yeah. inside the park. because we were in the middle of like enjoying Hollywood Studios. I was if worried you know, we were going to get sold out. And we were going to get stuck on the Southwest thing. And it was going to get canceled. And then they weren't rebooking people until after the new year. I was like, we got plans with our family. You know, we miss Christmas. <laughs> we, we've got to be there. So... I was um, like very like I'm a very anxious person, and when I get really anxious, I don't want to talk about it. I shut down. We like, like had an argument inside and Hollywood Studios at lunch, and I was like, I cried. Bree, like you need to help me out here. I can't make this decision by myself, and we were both just really anxious about what it. I need from him. And I told him this at the park. I'm like, I need you to just do stuff and not even like but it was me not being confident that this was the right decision to spend more money on a different airline or just wait and see if southwest was going to be okay we ended up you know we did change the airline because i started reading all of the things on the southwest uh subreddit of all the people that worked for southwest talking about how you might make it to your destination but that doesn't mean your bag will and we have like presents (laughs) that we put in our in our bags for people and all my like cool clothes. I only wear like the same five outfits. I need my five outfits. Um, so we we ended up switching airlines, albeit after an argument inside Disney Park, the happiest place on earth. We had an argument, but and then we so we flew and she cried at the happiest place on earth. I know I did. I was overwhelmed. We were making fun of kids that were crying. We we're like, you Brad's. But I wasn't crying. I was crying because I was overwhelmed, not because I didn't get something. Um, but we switched to American Airlines. And that is the bougiest shit I have ever been on in my life. They got these TVs instead of a, a flight attendant doing that little, like, the little uh, 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 put on your, your life safety vest stuff. And, yeah. They have like a TV and it says all this stuff. And I'm like, oh, that's like really cool. Like, why doesn't everyone do that? Because that's annoying when the person has to be up there. And we were taxing while it was happening so like the flight attendants could sit and like they could buckle up and they don't have to worry about like anything. And I was like, that's really cool. And it I showed didn't us hear, like, like a single word from the flight attendants other than what do you want to drink? And then 
They give you a full can of soda. That's what I thought, too. I was like, they don't give us a full can on Southwest, right? No. We got a full can of soda. Yeah, gave us a full can of soda, so I was... It was like hella turbulent, but... Oh, and then the the only bad part was their snacks were not as good. I thought the... It was just My only complaint about American Airlines wasn't even anything with the airline. It was the person in front of me that reclined all the way back and, like, didn't give me any space. And there's a rule. There's an etiquette rule. Yeah, it's etiquette. And it's like... On a full flight, right? Like on a full flight, like you don't in the economy, you don't you don't recline. You can't. It's, it's this whole thing. It's like just because you can, doesn't mean you should. Are you the asshole? Yes. And it's like, yeah. could you recline? Yeah, yeah, of course. It's within your right to recline. But like, there's a tall man behind you. Who now has to like sit I didn't have, weird. Like, and I had my little tray open because I had my soda. So I was like, I have no room to like move my arms. And I was like, if this thing hits turbulence, the soda's going all over me. <laughs> and I, I thought it was just rude. My The person who was in front of me reclined too, but it's not. As, it wasn't as bad. It's not as big of a deal because I don't have long legs. I'm kind of like small. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like a big deal. But I could tell he was uncomfortable. And then we had this stranger next to us. So we, so somebody chose, I don't know why anybody would do this. When we bought the tickets for American Airlines. I know why he did it. You choose your seats. And we sat there and we're like, okay, so the only like two seats that are somewhat next to each other, there's somebody that already bought a ticket that's in the middle of the three person row. Why would anybody do that? Because... In the event that it's not a full flight, they want to discourage people from booking that row so that they have the row to themselves. Unless you're us. No, that man was wearing a mask. He wanted to be by himself. Yeah. Like, he didn't want to sit next to anybody. But I, I the went flight up to was him. full. Like, the flight was full. The like flight was, he was going to sit next to somebody. I went up to him and I was, I very nicely said, you know, my wife's coming on board. Um, do you mind if we sit next to each other? And he's like, so you, you want her to take the middle and you want... He was like confused for a second, and I said, "You know, you can have the window seat, you can have the aisle seat. I don't really care. I just want to sit next to my wife." And he was like, "Oh, uh, okay." And like, seemed the interaction very. I might be taking it out of context, but seemed like he was very confused on like why I was even like asking about that. And I was like, "I, I, I told my I wife. told him I was like, I mean, I'll still talk to you and be annoying if I'm in the aisle." We we discussed that. I was like, "What happens if this person says no?" then I'm going to be rude because <laughs> because that's rude to just be like, no, I won't move one seat over so that this person can sit next to their, their also, spouse. Also, the middle seat is the worst. And I, and I was like... If I he, can attest to that because he was taking up a lot of space. Oh, was he? And I didn't want to like hit him. So I was like invading Anthony's space. Oh, I was fine. And I was like using the armrest because I couldn't like move the other arm because he was like in that armrest space. So the middle seat is the worst. Like, it's the worst one. Mm-hmm. So I was just like... Mm. But so, but American Airlines has this really cool feature, and I, we're not getting paid by them, but hey, if you want to sponsor the podcast, like, please. I will travel anywhere. I'll travel with you guys. Um, so they have this really cool feature with the windows, because I sat next to the, oh, and yeah. the window seat. And, and he's I, like, it's so freaking bright. I'm so hot. So, it's so I'm so hot. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was, like, blazing on that plane, and... Uh, Bree's like, don't don't they have like shades or something? And, and there's a, like a button that turns it down. And so I look and there's a button and it is a dimmer on 
the windows uh, and so you can press the button and it dims the light doesn't close so you can still see what's outside and like enjoy your clouds but it dims the light and it was like so comforting he was like okay so we're we're used to like bare bones like yeah <laughs> so i i t- i'm just thinking about anthony and i are gonna uh, once i change my last name to his last name students who are listening know what that last name is sure. but it won't be on this podcast for reasons um once i change my last name to anthony's last name we're gonna apply for our passports and i'm like he's gonna lose his brain when he goes on an international flight because like it's like american airlines but like hours yeah like 14 hours like 12 hours because Anthony and I have already talked about um, Italy as a possibility to go. We're already thinking about Mexico for someone's wedding. Oh, yeah. My friend's but wedding. But I really want to go to Italy. Oh, I- yeah. I will have to get my passport for that, huh? Yeah, we have to. I do have to get my passport. I was, like, reluctant to get it because you have to send your birth certificate out, like your actual birth certificate. <laughs> it's like, I don't want that getting lost, you know? But Anthony and I have talked about italy i know people are how can rude. i prove my birth i <laughs> i know people are rude like to americans in like different in parts Euro- in, in europe in europe they're yeah. like so mean and i'm like i know a little bit of italian so i'll be able to get us through we've been watching white lotus i know like a little bit of italian but i'm like i don't want to get taken advantage of i just want to eat i was like i know for sure i don't want to go to france they're ruder um sorry french sorry people. french listeners <laughs> no pe- parisians not people not french people people who live in paris and that would be like where you go like people who live in paris are rude mm-hmm. like the rest people say once you, but do leave you think that, paris, that's, a symptom, that's a symptom of like anybody who's native to a high touristy area like do you think that so like new york has a lot of tourists right has a lot of people that that go there to visit do you think like native new yorker native new yorker they're do you think they're rude to probably yeah that's what i would imagine i don't know if it's a specifically parisian problem i think it's just like man there's so many like tourists that come in here but, and you know, like, I... some of them are disrespectful to our culture but i heard like once you like leave paris like everyone's so pleasant mm-hmm. and i was like well i'm gonna take us back to when we are in downtown chicago <laughs> We're freaking mean. Oh, and, yeah. uh, we're mean. And I was like, oh, I get it. I get it because like you're you just want to get used to it. You want to get from point, point A to point B and all these people stop and take pictures. It's annoying. And you're just like, move out of my effing way. <laughs> no, that was I know what moment you're talking about. Oh, and that was because we were hungry and we were hungry. And we couldn't find I'm a spot to, to throw eat. hands and people won't get out of our way. And what it's somebody said something so to me, told right? Told us to move. Told us to move, and I was like, "Go fuck yourself!" <laughs> <laughs> no, we did more than that. We were like going to fight this guy. No, in the no, it wasn't that bad. Yes, it, it was. You're over exaggerating it. He um, wants to seem like he is a um, put together human being, but he's not. He's human garbage. You think you're better than me? Just like the rest of us, he's human garbage. Um, anyway, like I also have always wanted to go to Spain. <laughs> if you've never seen pop star never stop never stopping when andy sandberg's character goes i think it's funny to pronounce spain with a th like spain <laughs> <laughs> um i also want to go to japan 
Because I feel like I'd eat everything. Land of sushi and Mothra. Oh my gosh. So we, uh, well, Anthony. Oh, you want to talk about best bites? Yeah. One second. Anthony, (laughs) Anthony knows this about me. Anthony, what's my favorite like cuisine? Chinese. Chinese or Japanese, even Korean food. Delicious. Mm -hmm. I like would exclusively eat like that food forever yeah yeah i make it a lot yeah and, i agree and you do i we had it yesterday i know we did make it yesterday. i did make it yesterday though i have to stop buying so there there is the brand of soy sauce that like everyone buys right and then it's expensive it's like four or five dollars so I'm like, oh, you know, I'm trying to save a buck. We're poor. I'm going to try to save a buck. And I get the store brand. Don't buy store brand soy sauce. It doesn't taste as good. And, like, it's saltier. And so it makes your dishes too salty. Anyway, let's talk about best bites from our trip to and then, Disney. And then we got to get on with the movie. So first day, Epcot, best bite. For me? Yes. First day, Epcot, best bite was the uh chocolate mousse at france i would say it was the croissant the croissant at france in france it was actually it was pan de chocolate yeah it was so good mm-hmm. it was so good it was so flaky and buttery we and, had we had ugh. stuff from everywhere we had uh tortellini tortellini which is okay uh, it tasted like bag tortellini. Yeah, um, I orange, I I, I know chicken in China, which was decent. It was decent, it like a McNugget. But I want to tell you, I've had better orange chicken. I also have had better from orange chicken. the places around here run by actual like Chinese people. <laughs> um, what else did we have? We had uh, we didn't get anything in America because we eat American food all the time. Um, we had. Empanadas. Empanadas. Oh, and like the world's strongest margarita that I've oh my ever gosh. had in my life. I'm going to tell you, the empanada was really good. The corn salsa on the side was like unbelievably hot. And I eat spicy food, so I was eating it. But Anthony was like, this is too spicy. Well, I was also drinking the world's strongest margarita. Oh my God. So we got... Which was like burning my tongue. So well, I was like, oh, let's get a strawberry margarita. Um, You wouldn't even know that there was strawberry in the it recipe. It was straight tequila. It was straight tequila and it was, was just dyed red. Listen, we we split it. And we oh my gosh. It. It, was, it was... I was walking around World of Disney and Epcot and I was like, whoa. <laughs> it was the quickest I've ever went from being intoxicated to being hungover in my life it was like an hour and a half long period it was i only had one drink and i was trying to get him to eat the empanadas because i'm like oh get some food in you like i was like (laughs) what else do we have um we have poutine Poutine, in canada good yeah poutine is delicious although i remember the poutine last time we went to being better better. it was the cheese was really squeaky they did not have the thing that i wanted out of epcot the most kareage from japan um so we ended up getting kareage at disney springs the next day um we ended up finding a place that had it but i will do anything for my man yeah i needed that kareage (laughs) and then you were reading a book about a guy who really liked kareage (laughs) just weird it's delicious yeah um and then we got 
Well, I got, there's like a, a Hanukkah pop-up. And I got oh, potato latkes from, mm-hmm. and he didn't want any. That was one of the coolest things about Epcot is they had this Hanukkah storyteller. And Anthony learned new stuff about I Hanukkah that he stuff. didn't know. Yeah. And I was like, you didn't know that? I guess I'm used, well, because I teach the winter holidays. Like, that's like a whole unit in December that I, I teach. I didn't know. I teach about Diwali. I teach about Hanukkah. I teach about Kwanzaa. I teach about Christmas. We talk about, like, all, like, the winter festivals, um, Chinese New Year, actual New Year, stuff like that. So I I teach those. I knew, like, a little bit of the history of Hanukkah. I knew about the Maccabees. I knew about the candle. But he was, I mean, he was going really in-depth with the story. And I learned some new stuff, and I was, like, really intrigued by it. He learned, like, the reason they eat latkes and donuts like and stuff dishes, is yeah. because they eat fried, fried foods fried food. to celebrate the oil. Mm-hmm. I didn't know and, that. And I was like, you didn't know that? I love, I love. I didn't know the thing about socks, too. Um, like, there was, that was one of the cooler parts of the trip, um, I thought, was the Hanukkah storyteller. But then I, like... You would get people like people were like super into the story had, because they were very obviously people who were like probably celebrating Hanukkah at that point were like, hey, we're being represented here. And it's so cool to have a and Hanukkah Anthony story and I were excited here. to just listen to the story. But you get, people taking videos and things. Uh-huh. Like, and, but then we had this guy. He came and he was being like really rude. And I told Anthony, I was like, I don't really like when people are like disrespectful like that. And he's like, breathe like that's anti-semitism yeah the guy next to us anti-semite like <laughs> For and sure. i was like i thought he was just being rude because he was doing like there was a call and response aspect but he was like being like over the top and like he was the, the storyteller was singing the dreidel song and he said every time you know i'm gonna go like this with my hands and everybody yelled dreidel and the guy was yelling like things that obviously weren't dreidel like not very outwardly anti-semitic but it was just it was rudeness it was and rude behavior it, it, was, it was ignorance and it was this guy being just an a-hole to be an a-hole and it's like yeah you're being disrespectful of another person's like entire religion entire religion and their culture and and you're ruining that, the experience for like, ev- <laughs> like everyone around you like the people in front who are who were like wearing like Hanukkah like yeah. stuff. They obviously Jewish. There was us who were just like trying to enjoy it. We're really excited. Like we're eating the food. We're watching. And we had to leave because I was like, I don't want to stand next to this person. And it was just, I hate behavior because like they, that. I, I expect that guy, better. The guy was adults. treating, he was treating a person's entire religion and their traditions and their rituals like it was a joke. Like, it's not important enough to listen and, you know... Be respectful. Be respectful for. Like, that, and that's anti-Semitism, right? Like, that you're you're treating the Jewish religion and you're treating this Jewish holiday like it's a joke and it's not a joke. It just got me so mad. Mm-hmm. But did we eat anything else? Uh, I can't remember. I don't think so. Nothing that stood out. Best Bite, we went to Magic Kingdom and we Well, had, no. Best <clears> Bite, um, the next... What, what did we do next? Disney Springs. Disney Springs... That day, cookie. we went. We went to Gideon's Bakehouse. I, I want to speed it up a bit because we're. Oh, we went to Gideon's Bakehouse. We had what I would consider the best bite of the day: the chocolate banana bread cookie from Gideon's Bakehouse. Mm-hmm. Was so good. 
Anthony, of course, would say the karyage. No, I thought the cookie was better uh, than the karyage. Oh, so good. Uh, the karyage got, wasn't as good as I remembered it to be, but it was still good. We had, well, it's because the one from Japan that was at the, in Epcot was dressed. Yes. And that, this one was mm-hmm. undressed. Yep. And I you had to dress it. it yourself. But that wasn't the same sauce. Mm-hmm. And that's why you were less than enthused. But it's still good. And I, I had, like I it, had yeah. a steamed chicken bun and that thing was um Magic Kingdom. Magic Kingdom. Best bite. We went to be our guest. Yo. And it was so good. We tried escargot for the first time. Gotta say, I like it. I thought yeah, it was good. It was all right. But the best thing we ate was the mashed potatoes. Like you put these mashed potatoes in your mouth and you're like, oh my God, there's so much butter. We, we in both this. ordered a steak and it came with mashed potatoes and green beans. And, and I've been all about green beans lately. Yeah. Big green bean fan. A big green bean fan. He ate green beans like three times on this trip. But yeah, that was really good. Um, we had a cattail at Magic Kingdom, which was really good. We had that. Oh, we had burger. a brat burger, and it looks like a frog. The pickle is the tongue, and it has two olives as its little eyes. So Bree sat down with the with the burger that looked like frogs, the olives, his eyes, and the tongue. The pickle was a tongue sticking out of the burger. And he went to go get something, <laughs> and a little kid came by and was like, "Mom, that burger it looks like a frog." <laughs> Can I get one? And not 10 minutes later. They sit at a table like a little bit away from us. I was like, I tell Anthony, I was like, that kid over there? Yeah. Eating that hamburger? <laughs> he, not 10 minutes like, later, the kid had a burger he, I'm like, like a frog. He, he saw our hamburger and he said, mommy, can I have one? And mommy gave him one. And I thought, that's a good parenting. Let him be excited about this the brat, frog burger. The brat burger, which tastes just like a bratwurst. It was so good. And then what rivaled the mashed potatoes we got tater tot mac and cheese which it was mac and cheese with tater tots on top with bacon sour cream and green onions oh my god it was so good yeah that's I something did. i would make at home we didn't really eat at universal but we had the th- the christmas dinner at the resort and that was really good was really good because they had um, green beans hollywood studios you went to this place the hangar right that's yeah. what it's called the hangar and i had a cubano Cafe. Yeah. I'd it was okay. Right I've had better Cubanos. And we, we had a better one at the airport. And then we had a better Cubano mm-hmm. at the airport. And then I told Anthony, I was like, there's a place in Hillside, Illinois, mm-hmm. and they ha- it's called Brothers Mexican Girl. It's a chain. There are like two of them, one in Hillside, one in LaGrange. Mm-hmm. They have like the best Cubano that I've ever had. And it's really, oh, it's a mustard to to pickle ratio you told me because i don't like mustard all that much but you're like the mustard makes it so when we had the second cubano at the airport which had more mustard and pickle on it i was like you're right yeah it's, I, and does he doesn't it. like mustard but i'm like no like th- it tastes good because of the mustard yeah, no i agree I'm, I'm on board now i was like you can't have a cubano without mustard the one at disney they didn't put enough mustard on it and there was barely pickles there was a lot of meat on no it. No pickles. I was like, this doesn't need, Cubano doesn't need this much meat. I was like, we need pickles and mustard. Yeah. Delicious. Mm-hmm. Um, all in all, I think we had a really good. And then good we went to Morimoto's. Trip. Oh, yeah. Morimoto. I tried duck. I tried to get um, a reservation for dinner, but we ended up only being able to get to there for lunch. So we both had ramen. I had Tukansu ramen, which is a pork ramen i liked it i did not like a whole like r- small rack of ribs in the middle of, and i had to like take it apart 
I didn't like that, mm-hmm. but it was really good. Delicious. The duck ramen, which is nice. I uh, had duck for the first time. They put a ton of cilantro in there, and I'm not I am not a fan of cilantro, so I like, pushed it to the side and ate my soup. But it tastes really good. So that was our trip in form of food. Yes. So now we're actually going to get into why we're here. All right. We are here, and we're moving into uh, spoiler territory. So if you have not seen this movie, um, my suggestion to you would either be, if you don't care about spoilers, continue listening, or if you do care about spoilers, the movie's been out for almost a year now, but um, pause it, watch the movie if you're of age. This yeah. is a graphic film. If You, <laughs> you need to be... I saw some stuff. Yeah. You need to be <laughs> making to, sure you're parental you Parental advisory strongly encouraged and suggested. The movie that we decided to open up our new branding of the podcast with is a movie that has been on my radar for a little bit. It's been on my list of things to catch this year, things that I missed this year. Um, and it was some, not on any list I had. I was just about to ask. So the movie that we're watching is... I didn't even know this was a movie movie that we're watching is a movie from 2022 called X, directed by Ty West, starring Mia Goth, Jenna Ortega, Martin Henderson, Brittany Snow, Owen Campbell, Stephen Yur, and Scott Mascuti, Cuddy, Miss Cuddy, Miss Cuddy, also known as Kid Cuddy. And boy, do we see a lot of Kid Cuddy. <laughs> too, almost too much Kid Cuddy, if dare I say. But... Um, Movie was directed, written, and produced by Ty West, who um, I like Ty West. Ty West is um, somebody I've heard of. I, I caught one of his former movies and, and has also been on my radar for the podcast to do uh, eventually, which is called House of the Devil. It's really good. Um, it's really, really good. But Ty West, um, I thought he directed Your Next but that was a different person. That was Adam Wingard, I, I f- found out. But I really liked House of the Devil when I saw it like a number of years back. And um, I was really excited when I heard that Ty West was coming out with something <laughs> new and that he wrote and um, and produced as well. And the movie was made on a $1 million budget, grossed about $15 million. So it's a pretty decent moneymaker. Um, do you think you can tell that the movie was filmed on a really small budget like that. I mean, it looks like old fashioned. That's what, that's what I said. I wonder if they use similar like tactics to film as they did With, way like, back when. House movies. Yeah. It was very like, it looked dirty. Yes. I told Brie as we were watching the movie, I'm like it, the, I don't know what kind of, equipment they used cameras lenses things like that but it looked grainy it looked like it was from the 1970s it looked like we were watching a really independent 1970s horror movie a la the texas chainsaw (laughs) massacre which we talk about we talk we will talk about the similarities between that um so this movie was not on your on your agenda your list i didn't know this was a movie Wow. I know. Yeah, it came out in March of 22. I remember some of my students talking to me about it and saying, oh, I saw this movie. It was weird. You know, me. I'm like, I don't... My struggle is like I don't keep up with pop culture. I'm kind of like... Because you, you told me you're like, was this like an... In, you always find... You told me you always find these like indie movies 
And I was like, this movie got a wide release. And I was like, I don't even remember like any ads for this, but we don't watch TV. We so. don't, yeah. But I, I do remember seeing a couple trailers for this. And then when we are introduced to the main cast, you're like, what? You, what did you tell me? I said, wow, there's like a lot of stars for this movie. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, they got Britney Snow. Who we just watched Pitch Perfect we, like, was last like, week. She's like a big name. Like, I'm sorry, our cat's like making gross. Yeah. Noises. Okay. Yeah. Let me preface it and stop our conversation and preface by saying like our house is falling apart. Our house our, is falling apart, <laughs> and our cat is being annoying. Our cat is. Uh, She's we're dealing with the yeah we're dealing with the aftermath of being away for a week where the cat like wants to be with us 24 seven. And also our furnace is broken. And then our furnace broke. <laughs> like when So we were, it's making this really loud screeching noise. It, I mean, it's not it broke. It's a part is broken in it. Our furnace is not broken. It's a part. Yeah. But and the part makes this really loud screech, like sawing noise, like mechanical uh, saw. It's horrible. So you might hear that. You might hear the cat in the background, but we're going to push on. Yeah. So you have Brittany Snow and then you have Jenna Ortega who just like took off. This like, is, I think this is, so... 2022 was the year of Jenna Ortega. Like she had a bunch of movies in Wednesday catapulted her. I think scream catapults her. And this movie I think comes out at the same time as scream. Um, similarly, no, I think afterwards scream came out January 22 and then this came out March 22, I believe, but similar time periods, you know, um, what was Jenna Ortega in before 22? Before 2022? Because I, I remember seeing her for the first time in Scream. But it seems like... She was a McDonald's kid. Oh, really? Yeah, she was did like ads for McDonald's. She really like catapulted this year. And she's becoming a big you star. You want to know why? She has an interesting look. What do you mean? Jenna Ortega looks interesting. She's Is very She's very pretty. But like not conventionally pretty. Like she has a she has a cool look to her. Yeah. But if I have to hear about how she choreographed that Wednesday dance one more fucking time, I'm <laughs> gonna blow my like head off. So I'm gonna get my head eaten by a crocodile in the swamps. <laughs> I, and then they had Kid Cudi, and I was like, okay. They oh, have a lot I of was big like names surprised here. to see Kid Cudi there, but I'm, he's getting a lot more acting roles recently, which I'm, is kind of cool. He's I'm like, branching they got out. a lot of like people who are like kind of big like on this and like of course you know who mia goth is she was once married to sheila labeouf mia goth puts on a really good performance in this movie and x is um so the story goes like ty west wrote this movie and he got the funding for it and they made they made the movie and then before they were even done filming they was filmed during um quarantine so they had like a two week period or a one week period that they had to they had to quarantine on set and they couldn't film. So as the story goes, Ty West wrote an entire prequel during that time. And, and why not the, just the studio greenlit it? Yeah, because why filming of X was even over. So they went right into filming. Then you don't the have prequel. to cor- then you don't have to quarantine again. Yeah, you could just they went right into filming the prequel like upon his script after they were done filming X. So. Mia Goth goes from filming this movie to the prequel Pearl, um, like almost immediately. And those two movies come out in the same year. X comes out in March 22. And Pearl comes out September 22. I heard there's a, there's a sequel coming, Maxine. With three X's. Yeah. Um, 
So he's building like a world out of this, which is kind of cool to see this like really original. Um, not everything needs to be a cinematic universe, but I mean, if you like what's being done like let's continue to do it well let's continue this story we have yeah. what what came before what happened and then we want to know what came after so mia goth plays two characters she plays the main final girl maxine and then she also plays in heavy prosthetic makeup um the antagonist of the movie pearl an old woman um so let's read the the plot synopsis of this movie before we get into it um all right, so in in X, the film follows a cast and a crew who gather to make a pornographic film on an elderly couple's rural Texas property, but find themselves threatened by an unlikely killer. Ooh, spooky. Spooky. So, it, you knew nothing about this movie oh, going Oh, no, in. I knew nothing. Were you surprised at, like, like, what happens? I was like, you, there was one moment. And the, where you knew, like, you could know that I had no idea what was going on. Because uh, the main character, like, goes to take a dip in the pond. And they're in, like, a rural state. And I go... They're to, in Texas. I turned to Anthony. I'm like, there are gators in that pond. Yeah, you did say that, I huh? said, I was like, there's going to be a gator in that pond. I was like, in the south, near, like, any big body of water, always assume there's a gator in there. Mm-hmm. Always assume there's a gator in there. Yeah. Our entire time we were in Florida, I was like, there's a gator in there. There's a gator in there. So let's talk about some of the characters in the movie. So we have... Um, I don't know anybody's name. I think I can remember their names. Uh, we have RJ, who's directing the film, and he's very like, I want to make this cinema, and you know, it, this this is porn, but it could be cinematic. And then you have which Lorraine. Which is reminiscent of like Burt Reynolds in Boogie Nights. This is the second movie we've reviewed that has something to do with pornography. Um, and then you have his girlfriend, Lorraine, who starts off as very prude. She's just there to help assist him. She's the sound. She's the uh, boom operator. Yes. But later on, she starts getting intrigued by the idea of being in a pornography movie. And then you have the main guy. I can't remember that dude's name. The mm. The main guy, He's a little, he's a little buff guy. Little buff boy. Little buff boy. <laughs> um, I can't remember his name. He's the boyfriend of our main character, Maxine. Um, and I think they do a really good job at establishing Maxine as like a fleshed out character. She is. I, how do I? Where do I want to start with it? Because I told you this. I'm like, I don't know if I've seen a horror movie that has a final girl that is like not the most likable character and i don't think maxine is the most likable character she's very like i i she says the line later in the movie she's like i'm not going to accept the life i don't deserve she's all about i want to be famous i want to be a star she relates herself to linda carter she's like i want to be linda carter she's like i'm a sex symbol yeah well and everyone's saying she has the x factor right whatever that is, but Maxine is um, selfish a little bit. And she even like, uh, there's a scene later in the movie where Jenna Ortega's character, Lorraine is starting to like, she, she bad mouths 
pornography a little bit throughout the movie. And Maxine kind of goes back at her and is like, you know, some people disrespect what we do. Um, And she's saying, like, some people have these preconceived notions of us. And I felt like that conversation with her and Lorraine didn't paint Maxine in a very good light. Like, it's hard to um, be on board with Maxine as a good person. Because I don't think she necessarily is. And, like, that's okay out of our final girl, I think. We've seen a lot of horror movies where the final girl is very, like, pure, right? Very proper, very um, very innocent in, in a sense. And then we get, we get Maxine dropped in there who is, like, the opposite of all of those things. Like, she, she having sex. You know, like, she's not a virgin. And I think we need to move away from final girls that are, like... It's, are we unworthy of being saved just because we have participated in like exploits that are like sexual in that nature? Come, so the idea of like the final girl being like pure and everything doesn't come until after Halloween. Halloween, I think, sets that standard. But even in Halloween, like Lori's smoking dope. She's not as like pure as everybody thinks because then they say like oh the final girl doesn't have sex the final girl doesn't do drugs she doesn't drink she is the only one that is like pure or i keep using that word but it's the only way i can describe it it's like no the final girl is the final girl because the direct like person who wrote the movie said this is the person who lives like maxine didn't have any of the qualities of a final girl like she had a character sure but She's unpleasant. She is an unpleasant character. She's she, not very likable. She smokes. Likeable. She does well. She does cocaine. She, she does cocaine. Yeah, she does. She's a co- she's a uh, fiend. She like her cocaine. But we're introduced then to um, Brittany Snow's character, who's kind of she is she. We get the feeling that she's like a seasoned. Yeah, she's been pornography through it. actress. She's been through it. Yeah, um, she's like a she's like a big name at the place where they work which is called bayou burlesque bayou burlesque i read the imdb trivia and they said that like every character's death is foreshadowed in some way so like when britney snow's character exits the burlesque warehouse or whatever um the paint the mural on the wall shows an alligator like in there somewhere next to a, a blonde woman which foreshadows her death later on. There's some other stuff in there, but I wasn't reading that closely into it. Um, All the deaths in this movie are practical effects. Most of the deaths are practical effects. Um, they try to be as practical as possible using mixes it's of... It's easy to do practical effects when the deaths take place at night. This movie is a very dark movie. Um, and I, I'm like, of course, it's a scary movie. A lot of the deaths are going to happen at night. But it's like, it's amazing, like what you can get w- away with with practical effects when the lighting is dim already well the practical effects like when rj gets stabbed in the neck with um uh, uh outside of the the truck mm-hmm. um it was a knife that you it's a theater knife you, you know that yes. it, it pushes in and out and uh they had to place it in a part uh, a little prosthetic makeup that would sp- flat out the blood and everything 
so it was a mix of like prosthetics it was a mix of like theater tech and then it was a mix of like tricky editing too um that made it look realistic like the decapitation that happens afterwards as well um that was all prosthetic that was all makeup and um the scene where the dude gets his eyes poked with the uh pitchfork that was all that was all prosthetic too so i i can appreciate when movies go that extra length to make like to be creative yeah don't just do it in after effects like really Mm -hmm. try to make it interesting so let's get into the movie um we open up in this movie at the end and i I, and i when it it opened up i told anthony i was like this is the end of the movie mm -hmm. and he's like what he's like i'm not sure and i said no like this is definitely the end of the movie this is the aftermath there's bodies everywhere where the guy's just like the sheriff is yeah, there the looking at everything there. surveying the scene and he goes up into one of the rooms and like there's like evangelical nonsense on the tv where we get this backdrop of consistently throughout the film there's this televangelist that's preaching about morals saying i lo- my daughter fell into sin and everything so i was thinking that we were going to get Something where it's like, oh, they're filming like porn on the this old person's farm. They're gonna find out, and that's why they're gonna get Killy. But that's not because the case. they're like super Christian and everything. And it's like, oh, this is porn is a very like sinful thing. Like they're just like having sex, right? But it ends up being different. It ends up being a different reasoning as to why our elderly couple decide to to be violent. You know. Um, which I can appreciate that it's not as like clear cut as we're very religious and I'm saving these people from their own sin, things like that. So it was a little weird to me when like we get revealed later on why the old people are a little bit violent or a lot of bit violent. But um, the televangelism thing that's in the background comes into play towards the end of the movie. Um, so we get... Um, opening season, uh, after that opening sequence, we go to Maxine. She's sitting. She's doing coke. There's some music in the background. It is 1974. Nine, right, right? 1979? I have it written down. I wrote, I can't read my writing. <laughs> 1979. 1979. We're um, in Houston, Texas. They're, um, at the Bayou Burlesque. They're about to leave the Bayou Burlesque. And the funny part about the Bayou Burlesque is in the middle of like an industrial park. It's a warehouse. It's a warehouse. It's Which like, is, is it, so is this a, a studio that they film porn in or is this like an actual like burlesque house? I think it's a burlesque house. It's it in the middle of a warehouse. In, yeah. Reminds in. me of this bar that my friends uh, like to go to sometimes that's in the middle of a warehouse. And we have all our characters. They're going on this trip to go to this farm to make this movie and... They're filming along the way. They're stopping at a gas station, which I wrote down. I don't know what the laws were in Texas in 1979, but you need a permit to just like film places or I guess if you're like really. Well, pornography is different. Like people did that on the. On the DL. Yeah. I guess. Um, I don't know about the 70s porn industry. And then they have this conversation and Brittany Snow's character talks about like this being the American dream, 
Like yeah, I wrote I wrote that down to this. Like so this, the, the American dream is we are not going to answer to other people. We're gonna make our uh, we're gonna make ourselves stars by doing this thing by ourselves. You know, this is a homemade porno. Yeah, like this is the American dream. Mm-hmm. And I said, poor girls, um, that this is the American dream. Cough, cough. <clears throat> there she goes. I caught a cough when I was in Disney. Yeah. Anyway, and then we get like the sequence. It's like the goriness of the sequence where the, like there was a cow hit by a truck, and like. I guess it's foreshadowing. I thought that was going to be foreshadowing, but there's nobody that gets like disemboweled like that. I know, but it's like there's bad omen. Like people are going to die. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And this whole situation sounds shady, though. And I think it's supposed to be like that. I don't know how it was in the 70s, but I would never just like. I don't know the way when they get to the farm later on in the movie and the old they meet the old guy and he's very like he's very aggressive and he's like pointing his gun at them like are you from the are you from the the county and like stuff like that um i thought it was funny the side of the van that they're driving says plowing service oh yeah i was like that's that too that's hilarious um but they get to this point where they're at the the farm and like the old guy's like you're trespassing. I could shoot you, blah, 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 blah. And then this, we get the first scene of, like, we're inside the house and it's, the camera's pointed at the doorway. And it's, like, a mimic, like, almost identical scene from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I, I noticed a couple. I wrote down a couple of different shots that were reminiscent of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So this whole, like, I don't know, maybe first act of the movie is very Texas Chainsaw Massacre inspired. Like, I, I looked at Brie at one point, and I was like, I think Ty West saw Texas, like, watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre and was like, I want to make something that's very similar to that. Because, and I'm sure we'll get to watching Texas Chainsaw, like, later, but Texas Chainsaw is a very, you, you said this movie has a dirty look to it. Texas Chainsaw, I've always said, feels like you're watching something you're not supposed to be watching. You're watching something that seems more like a... uh uh, like a dirty biography than you're watching a movie. It's grainy, it's gross, it's grindhousey, and we get that feel a lot in the way that this movie shot, the equipment that's used. The types of shots that are in this movie are very reminiscent and almost, it, it's not stealing, it's paying homage to these movies. Um, so like the scenes when they're in the, the van, are shot in a similar way to Texas Chainsaw, like where the camera's in the van and points outwards to the back of the van. There are scenes where Maxine's character is running through grass outside of the house where the camera is low in the grass and it's pointing upwards as Maxine's running forward. That's something that is mimicking Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That's a shot that's in Texas Chainsaw. And then the most, the one that we noticed the most was inside the house looking at the silhouette of the man in the doorframe where the light is illuminating through the doorframe which is a pretty similar shot to that first time the character I forget the person's name enters the house in Texas Chainsaw and Leatherface is shown to us for the first time I thought 
it was cool that we had a lot of these Texas Chainsaw uh, homages because the movie is like super influential and and bears a lot of weight to it. So you you can do something. I think Ty West does something here where it's not stealing. It's I'm going to show the inspiration. You mm-hmm. know, I'm going to I'm I'm going to pay tribute to this thing that I care deeply about. So and and there's other movies that are um inspired, I guess, in in terms of how this movie is shot. I saw uh Illusions of Psycho in there which is referenced as well in the movie. And we'll get to that in a little bit. But yeah, lots of Texas Chainsaw. Same shot, same feel. A lot of Texas Chainsaw in here. Um, So we get like this crazy old man and he gives us some weird vibes. Like just weird, like doesn't really remember. Like he he did this and then he, he's to- he tells him straight up, I don't like you guys. Yeah. He's like, I don't like you guys. But um, he they end up going to this little shack just a little bit of ways and as they're turning around to go, Maxine sees, we later know her name is Pearl, in like the, the window and she's like staring at him weirdly. And I'm like, bad vibes. I would leave right then and there. Bad vibes. I would leave. I have self-preservation. Yeah. And, it, and then a lot of the like first half of the second act of the movie is them just shooting the porn. Yeah, um, yeah, I it's have a lot of nudity. I have and, um, Britney Snow's character goes topless. I said Britney Snow went topless for this. That's I was crazy. also surprised. About I said that. that's crazy to me. And then Maxine goes off by herself, and this is where she goes to this little pond, and she goes and like lays in it. First of all, it's probably a runoff pond from the farm. When don't go in a runoff pond. It and looked said, dirty when she put her foot in, like yeah. swampy. And then I, I told Anthony, and I wrote here, there are gators in there. There are gators in there. It's the marsh girl. And we see as she's, like, swimming back to the dock, the, the gator's, like, right behind her. And it's huge. It's a big gator. Like, it's, it's, it's a big... It was Chekhov's gator. Yes. <laughs> um, and, like, she goes naked, and Pearl's, like, like watching. Like, this old woman. Yes. It's very weird. So, um... I said weird Grammy. <laughs> do you think that... What do you think about the trope in horror movies about, like, psycho grandma? <laughs> like, old people that are scary. Old people are scary, like, naturally, so I get it. Do you think that that's, like, an overplayed trope, or do you think that is actually, like, something that holds nothing, up? Because, like, I can think of I another tell movie. You, nothing is scarier than a person near the end of their life who has nothing to lose. Yeah, but also, like... Pearl is like decrepit. <laughs> like she can barely walk. So how she gets the jump on these people is interesting in the movie. Um I she uses that to her advantage. Yeah. I don't look scary. Have you ever seen M. Night Shyamalan's The Visit? No. Okay, well that'll be on our list. But that's another movie with scary old people. I, I tend not to watch the Shyamalani in movies. I think M. Night gets a bad rep, but we'll talk about him later. Um, I like that they made, they, they gave it a different direction. Like Ty West gives it a different turn with like the trope of the scary old people, because when we start to get to know Pearl and her husband a little bit more, there's these scenes where they're with each other. Um, there's scenes that are split between 
our young cast and our old antagonist. And uh, yeah. do, you, do you feel sorry for at, at any point in this movie? Did I you th- feel like sorry? I think you feel before she starts murdering, there's, she just wants her husband to give her attention. Is like what you get the intimacy, like intimacy. Like I crave, like I want, I want to have relations with my husband. Like I crave that, you know, physical intimacy with my husband. But I also understand the old guy's point of view is like, if we get intimate, I might die. He's like, my heart can't handle it. Like my heart can't handle it. And it's like, but I think like at the crux of Pearl's character, she's a deviant. she, She. is deviant yeah she longs for, for intimacy she long she is upset about getting old she sees this yeah, group she, of she group of young people that comes and notices how like beautiful everybody is she's, and she's jealous like, she's jealous she wants to be young again she wants that feeling of being beautiful of being desired of having the opportunity to be active sexually so I think that's where she gets... So when she, when she is rejected because of that, that's when I think she starts to... Oh, yeah. She loses lose it completely. It a bit. So what and happens, what leads up to that moment is they're all sitting around eating bologna sandwiches. Well, first of all, we get the scene where Pearl and Maxine have like a conversation. And that's when we start to get the feeling of like... Pearl is very jealous of Maxine. Like she's beautiful. She like has the X factor. And she looks a lot like Pearl when she was younger. Yeah. Yeah. So they're all sitting around and they're talking about the porn industry. And uh, La- Lorraine, Lorraine Lorraine is being a little like judgy about the porn industry and and um Britney Snow's character and Maxine they both start defending the porn industry by saying like perverts make us money. And like it after like Lorraine kind of like, you know, I liked what I saw today. Like, like I'd want to, I want to be a part of it. And her boyfriend is like, loses it. He loses it. And I told Anthony, I was like, it's, it's misogyny. It's like this. I'm okay with these women participating in pornography and I'll watch these women participate in pornography but i would deem you less desirable because now you are a part of it and you're not supposed to like that stuff and you're not supposed to do that stuff that's dirty but so throughout it's like the entire movie rj is defending, defending them so defending it's like porn. he doesn't really respect pornography yes. actors he doesn't really respect pornography he just wants to make money and make his film because once his girlfriend expresses interest in being a part of that he then deems it dirty and her dirty exactly because there's this in the beginning of the movie, they start having a conversation where Lorraine's like, it's smut. And she, and RJ goes, no, you can make it cinematic. We can make, we can make a name for ourselves here. And I just and think he's, he's a hypocrite. He's a hypocrite. for sure. And I was like, I, and I posed the question to my husband. I was like, would you deem me any less? He's like, no, it's acting. It's acting. It's acting. All, at the end of the day, these people are acting. And Brittany Snow says it later in the, or earlier in the she's movie like, i'm acting when she has the scene with kid cuddy's character and he's like i'm really good at he's this like, oh I'm, man i'm born for this and job she's like, and she's like no it's acting. she's like i i'm acting <laughs> like you're you're good but not that good like mm-hmm. this is i'm acting and i just think at the end of the day like i respect people who work in sex work because i could not it's just like something like i am not made for that like i'm made to teach math and science 
listen right. I, but all I'm i respect like I there's res- a market and i respect the hell out of people who do it because it does take work it does take drive it does take sacrifice like that's a hard job like i'm not going to discount your job like you get a lot of people that are very like on the conservative side of things that are like no it's it's smut it's sin it's horrible but it's also like there are people who consume that there's there's a market there's a market for it and and people are taking advantage of so but i guess like the conversation goes is it wrong to take advantage of people's like deviancy deviancy there's a market for it i don't know there's a market and usually the loudest people from the other side are the ones who are consuming it yeah um but it's also like i think we get into a conversation though of who's it hurting is it hurting anybody i mean but how far can we take that conversation as yeah, well because like there are addicts and yeah, they hurt the people around yeah. them but at the end of the day like i respect and lorraine res- like respects them and she becomes part of the movie which bothers rj a lot mm-hmm. to the point where after they're all asleep after she had performed the uh, in the movie he's in the shower he's crying oh yeah there's an like, overhead scene in the shower where he just starts sobbing and i'm just like he's <laughs> well, like being, what did i get myself into i said he's being a little dramatic he's being very dramatic and i said all anthony would have to tell me is i'm uncomfortable with you doing that here's why please don't do it where he did not express any of that he was just mad at her mm-hmm. i was like he didn't explain to her why we're in i would all you'd have to say is we're in a committed relationship what it is as well from rj's side of the fence in these this character dynamic is uh what's the word i'm looking for insecurity in the relationship where it's like okay if she if she she does this then she's going to get a, a sense of like what the world could be if i'm not around you know things that i can't provide for her which i can understand the insecurity but it's also like you have to have trust in your partner to be like all right this the is, guy this said is acting, like, this is a maybe movie. she'll become famous and she'll take you along with the, for the ride right like you have to have trust that this is just for a movie this is just <laughs> acting there is no emotional connection here and there's nothing that's going to be like oh i'm seeing the world in a broader lens now and like i don't need you anymore if you have trust with each other then i think that that that's solid you know um he's crying um cry baby and then he's like i'm just gonna leave everyone i'm gonna desert everyone which i thought was that's really like out of the box if there's anybody that in this movie that deserved to die it was rj like he was being rude so he goes to leave and um he is pulling out and then Pearl's like in the middle of the road. So he's like, are you okay? Like, blah, blah, blah. And she like makes a, like a move on him. And he's like, oh no, no, Why'd no. you do that? Why'd you do that? <laughs> he's like, I'll take you back to your house. And she gets mad. She stabs him in the neck. Um, and it's a very bloody scene because she just keeps stabbing him. Yeah. And I think it's a really creatively shot death scene because they use the headlights of the truck to their advantage so when the blood splatters on the headlights everything turns red it's really cool it's creative um then we get like after the first kill the rest of the kills come very quickly yeah so ty west does this very slow build to 
the tension slow build towards like you know we need to understand these characters before we can get into the actual horror so of the movie. we know at the beginning the beginning of the movie is the end of the movie we know everybody dies mm-hmm. right like we know people die so how do we get there yes and the, the how we get there is very long if we're gonna make just like a standard grindhouse movie, then we're you not don't... gonna give you the end first. Well, no, not just that, but we're not gonna give you all this character development of pretty much all of our characters, especially Pearl and her husband. The thing that this movie does differently than any other basic slasher movie is that we really dive deep into what, like, who Pearl is as a character. She's jealous she's longing for her youth she wants beauty she sees these these uh young people and immediately wants what they have and just out of her jealousy goes a little crazy uh and her husband is somebody who loves his wife so much that he is threatened by the uh the young people coming in because at one point he tells a character like you're making moves on my wife you're gonna steal my wife away and that's why he defends her the way he does or that's why he participates in this is for his wife if you have a basic slasher movie you don't get all that character development right Uh so i think it's it's important to have that in here to understand why these old people are doing it and it makes it a better movie rather than just saying, well, they're old and they're crazy and that's scary, you know? And then we get, not too long after it, Lorraine wakes up <clears throat> and she says, I can't find um, RJ. She convinces that one guy, the main guy, yeah. can you come help find him? And he's like, fine. And he's in the barn. He's like, oh, this is the worst. And you see it on the ground. It's a it's a board and it has a nail in it. And you're like, oh, he's gonna step on it. He doesn't see it. He's gonna step on it. He does. I close my. my f- I feel you it feel in it my in your right butt. Now. Like you know that's like that. Oh, like yeah. it's gonna hurt. And then not only does he step in that, but then Pearl like pitchforks him in the eyes. I want to talk about that nail scene because I love how. You just know as a as a director for this movie, you know that if you just show that nail and you you get the audience to tense uh, up and like, you, oh, no. you get them to like ex- ex- <laughs> they expect it. Now, you know that that nail is there. Somebody's stepping on that nail. And when they do, it's going to be like brutal for the audience to, oh, and it's to such endure. such a large nail. Because now they expect it. It's audience psychology and it's horror movie psychology. And it's played so well here that it's like... They did the same thing in, um, we saw Violent Night, the Santa David Harbor movie. Um, they did the same thing with a nail in that movie where it's like they showed it briefly and it's like, you know, that nail is going to come into play. Oh, and it goes it's, through his- it's such a cool, it's an interesting oh. technique that you can use in horror, scary movies to be like, now I want my audience to tense up and I want them to feel this, this pain. And that's. That's a really creative thing to do. So now we have two two of the five are dead. Um, Lorraine goes and she runs into the husband and she's like, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, have you seen my wife? My wife is missing. He's like, can you go down and like, oh, look okay, he's naked too. Not, not yet. Oh, oh, we're talking Jenna Ortega. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Lorraine. Yeah. 
sorry, and I got he, lost. the old man asks her to go down to the basement because he like he's old and look for a flashlight and so she goes down she finds it she goes back up she's like i found it and the door is locked mm-hmm. and he's like no you're you're trapped now so now she's like exploring and she finds like the corpse of a man who's like naked in the basement yeah so i don't we don't ass- know who that guy assuming is assuming they've been doing this they that he was used like oh i didn't get that ugh. i didn't get and that this was that the, this was the man that he talked about all the people come in the last person who came in like enticed my wife oh yeah so see you, you were paying attention to something i was i didn't i, I pay attention that. to everything i missed that and then we get um the old lady um naked grandma naked grandma uh they she, put so much prosthetic they put so much makeup on mia goth it's like she like gets into much, bed there's too much on me i can't move she gets <laughs> ripped that off <laughs> She gets into bed with, well, the old man goes and asks for Kate Cuddy's help. And Kate Cuddy, you, like, you see the silhouette of his uh, dong. Yeah. And then, like, he helps. He finds, too much, Kid he Cuddy. finds, like, a car in the swamp. Well, Kate Cuddy is also, I think, the most genuine character in this movie. He's like, I'm a Marine. He's like, I, I was in Vietnam. He's like, once you're a Marine, you're always a Marine. He's like, we're going to find her. And he's like, uh, like offering his Help. assistance and the uh, the man the old man was also in the military yeah he's in the first world war right something about that yeah uh or this, yeah something and he ends up getting blown away he gets well yeah the old man's like i see you making eyes on my wife and Cuddy's like i don't know what you're talking about like your wife's like old <laughs> 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 and then he just shotguns Kid Cudi off screen. Sad, sad. Yeah, but then we get the old lady like gets naked and gets into bed with Maxine. Maxine, Maxine turns over. She screams bloody freaking murder, which wakes up Brittany Snow's character. And Brittany Snow's character is very understanding. She thinks that the old woman is just like senile, senile, or has like Alzheimer's. She goes up and she's like, "It's okay." They're like at the, they're at the dock. They're at the dock, the... and she's like, "It's okay." And then. The old lady like hits her and like calls her like a bunch of mean names. Whore, yeah. And um she like pushes her into the water and then calls the alligator's like name and the alligator eats Brittany Snow. Yeah, like, you call you called the alligator, like there's alligators in that swamp and I, she ate the alligator done ate Brittany Snow's head. I know. And then uh Mia Goth's character Maxine is running away and she finds uh and gets out of the basement Lorraine, but Lorraine's freaking out. Like, not thinking logically. Well, I think logically. Lorraine gets her finger axed yeah. off at one point, Lorraine's too. like, I should have never listened to you. Like, I'm I'm getting out of here right now. Maxine's like, no, like, no, they're... No. Okay, so you, you missed a part where Maxine is in the house with the old people, and Pearl and her husband, they have sex. Oh, yeah, that's gross. It's gross. Yeah, Pearl and her husband have sex. Maxine's under the bed, and she crawls out while the the act is happening, and gets to the basement and finds Lorraine, and is basically like, "You got to be quiet because we got to get out of here." But Lorraine is screaming bloody murder, and is basically like, "You people are insane. I hate you all." And yeah, and then she, she alert, ends, alerts. Yeah, and she ends up getting blown away 
by the shotgun that the old man has. They destroyed Jenna Ortega's face in this movie. Um, <laughs> and the old man is like pulling her and he's like, she should have stayed in the basement. He's pulling her and then she's like... The body convulses Yeah, a she bit. like awakes a little bit after he thinks she's dead and he gets a heart attack and he dies. And Pearl is pretty upset. much the entire movie, the husband's like, I can't do the, the fornication because my heart, my heart can't take it. So... It's fitting that, like, right after he does that, yeah. he has a heart attack. <laughs> and then Lorraine's, like, upset that and everything. Maxine comes out with a gun. Where's the, where are the keys to the your van? And she goes to, like, shoot Pearl, and the gun's not loaded. So Pearl's, like, coming after her with a shotgun, shoots, misses. Um, Divine intervention. When she shoots, the recoil flings her backwards i was about to say i'm like this old woman with before she shot and she had the shotgun in her hand i'm like there's this frail old woman that is holding a double-barreled shotgun i was like that recoil is going to blow her away that was a double-barreled baseball bat bat. (laughs) Uh, inside joke uh, (laughs) anyway (laughs) so she she goes backwards and like breaks her hip yeah, I was like, this recoil is going to blow this old woman backwards so far. And it did. And I'm glad that they didn't They didn't have that horror movie thing where, like, guns don't have recoil. <laughs> and then Maxine's, like, going in the car and the old woman's, like, shouting at her, you're just like me, you're going to end up, like, just like me, blah, blah, blah. And Maxine's, like, whatever. It gets in the car. She's she like, I will care. not accept a life I don't deserve kind of like yelling that and the Pearl's like I know who you are blah 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 blah. do you know who Maxine is she's the daughter the daughter of of the preacher like we've been seeing on TV Mm -hmm. and she gets in the car and you're like and Pearl's just like laying on the ground and And I said oh no is he gonna run her over she reverses and like Right over her head. Yes. And then popped it like a watermelon. And then she goes off into the distance. And then we cut back to where we were at the beginning with the sheriff there. Mm -hmm. And they have the camera. And he's like, what do you think is going to be on this? And the sheriff's like, the scariest horror movie. Yeah. Something like like that. I I thought it was. And she's when Maxine is driving away, she says something about divine intervention and like, um. I didn't. I, I think that went over my head a little bit. Like I didn't get the televangelism thing because, like I said, I thought it was going to come into play where the old people were just like super religious and they saw the porn going on and that's why they went crazy. But they went in a different direction with it, where it's like I'm sure we'll get an explanation in, in Maxine and or in Pearl or in Pearl. Yeah, um, which we have not watched, but the. Um, I forgot I was going to say there's some cool like editing in this movie too. Like there there's the scene where they're all in the, the house and they're talking about the porn industry where Kid Cudi starts playing landslide from Fleetwood Mac on his guitar. And then they do a split screen to Pearl and her husband, like Pearl putting on makeup and like, I think it does a lot. You don't have to say a lot. You don't have to have a lot of dialogue to convey that. This character is deeply troubled by her elderliness. She's deeply troubled by the fact that she wants to be intimate with her husband and she wants her youth. She wants the beauty. She wants to be beautiful. She's putting on the makeup and brushing her hair. She puts on like the same makeup as the Maxine. The blue eyeshadow. Blue yeah. eyeshadow. 
which blue eyeshadow is a very much like 70s like look Mm -hmm. because we don't i mean i do because my school colors are blue and i'm like i bleed blue but i what i appreciate out of this movie is the creativity and the time spent getting to know our antagonist a little bit for some movies that works and for some movies that doesn't work for something like halloween i think it's better to not know so much about michael myers it's better to keep that a little bit mysterious. But for something like this, it plays better when you understand why Pearl is doing what she's doing. Her thought process, her jealousy, things like that. So I think it's understandable as well to have a prequel focused specifically on that character and how she came to be um, because it stands out, you know. And I'm excited to see what the next movie is going to be based on. It's not going to be the next movie we review, but we'll get to it eventually. Right, Brie? We'll get to it. So overall, Brie, what did you think? I liked it. I mean, it was a good movie. I definitely think it was on a scary scale. If we're doing what is our scary scale? Is it one to ten or one to five? Um, Anything you want. I would give it arbitrary rating. I would give it like. A five point three. Fi- I would get. Uh, I don't. Of, I don't think what? it's out of ten. Out of ten. I don't think it's scary. I like. It wasn't a movie where I ever, in any moment, like jumped or like had to cover my eyes, except for like the out nail. of pain, the nail. like yeah. knowing that the pain was coming. It wasn't like scary. It was weird, and that's why I give it the five five because I feel like it is a good scary movie. Like, but it's not like scary. But okay, it's weird. so I don't want to be that guy. Yes. But we have to define what's scary. Like, scariness is different to different people. So if we're going to be on the gore scale, it's a fairly gory movie. It's a gory movie, but it's not, but it's not it's like a terrifier. Like, it's not but, a terrifying movie, though. Um, is this not, it's not by my it's not standards. It's not a splatter film or anything. It's not by my standards scary. What would you say? Oh, God. Will will you get into as we review more movies our what, scary scale? Well, how I perceive scary, how you perceive scary are different. How what would you give it? Scariness, I I would be on a similar scale. I think how scary is it? Because the, the podcast is called "How Scary How is it? Scary Not is it? How Gory Is It? How yeah. Good of a Movie Is It? If I'm watching how this, scary, well, is I it? think you're a better judge of this than I am because. I'm so desensitized by horror movies that it's like, eh, it's not that scary. But you not knowing about the movie and watching it, I think you're a better judge of how scary is it. How scary is it out of a scale from I mean, is one it gonna to fr- ten? I think I would get, I would say, yeah, maybe a six. A I, five, I'm like, maybe. I think it would terrify the younger audience. But like people our age and older, I don't think it's going to terrify. Yeah. So that's why it's more middle of the road. I gave it a five five. We got to put ourselves in the shoes of the casual audience. That it's like there are gonna be some people who like can't watch this movie. Yes, but for some people, gore is scary. For some people, it's jump scares. For some people, it's existential me stuff. Me jump scares scare me because uh-huh. I don't like being surprised. I thought but I can sca- watch like every Saw movie and yeah. like I'm fine. Like for me, it's like. When we watched Host a few weeks back, I was like, oh, this is a scary movie, <laughs> you know? Um, I think it's got to be a mix of different things. I think it's got to be a mix of tone. It's got to be a mix of 
creativity and it's got to be a mix of I thought um, this was more artsy yes I thought so too I thought it was like this is this is an homage film to yeah I thought it was more Texas Chainsaw I thought this movie was more something I could enjoy for the story yes and I'm I'd be interested to see Pearl because I feel like that one would also similarly be more about the character and less about the scare factor which Mm -hmm. I felt like this movie was more about the character of Pearl and Maxine. It is an a- A24 movie. And which not is so much. very much focused on the artsy fartsy. I was like, it felt more artsy than scary to me. Yeah. So how scary is it? I would I would maybe say Middle five. of the road. Yeah, middle of the road. Five, five. A little scary for the, I'll give it the gore factor and pump it up to like a that, five, five. That's what gives it the five. Five point five. I, I would agree. Yeah. Let me go with five, five. Okay. So I thought it was, it's good. I think you should watch it if you didn't already we recommend. watch it. We I recommend it. If you're I, of age. If you're of age, because there are boobies in there. And you would like to see, you know, they're booby. They're making an active pornography film. Yeah, so it's like they're booby and dong. So (laughs) yeah, please, viewer discretion, like strongly advised. It's it's advised. Yes. Okay. Um, All right, you want to wrap it up? Yeah, let's wrap it up. So we. do we have socials? Because you can still send review podcast one at gmail.com if you have any recommendations. Um, we're not so the we're thing in the middle I, of the rebrand, so uh, there might be a change in social media handles, but right now they're all the same. They're all the same right now. Um, once I get control of the social media handles, everything will be changed. But um, we just got back from our honeymoon, so give us some time. I uh, uh I, what I didn't want out of this rebrand is to do the thing where it's like we watch franchises in totality. Yeah, we're not going to hit Pearl right For, away. Yeah, we'll give it some um, time. We'll, we'll probably hit it eventually, but we want to get... There's some like ones we're looking forward to. The The great part about this not being review is that we are going to give more like first viewing mm-hmm. opinions. So catch us in our next one of our first I viewing I don't remember what it's going to be. I know we're, we plan on visiting Megan. Because that's coming out. Because it's coming out week. very soon. Yeah. And um, we want to watch the first uh, in the Friday the 13th saga. My plan is to do a Friday the 13th movie once a month. And... I also would like to hit a movie that I've been dying to rewatch. Which one? The Unborn. Because oh, when you I, did mention when it that. first I've came out, when it first came out, I laughed the entire time. So yeah, I want to so see. Maybe not that scary. I was like, so I want to see if I was just a jerk teenager in the movie theater mm-hmm. with my friends, or it's actually a scary movie. You know what I mean? Because I I have a feeling that if I watched it now, I'd actually be afraid. But because I was surrounded by a bunch of teenage friends, what's it about? It's it's a it's a ghost movie. Oh. Or a demon movie. It came out out I think at the same time like the paranormal activities were coming out. It was a big uh there was so a big renaissance the in ghost demons. Re- like ghost and demon renaissance was yeah. happening. We're still in the midst of that as that movie about the possession with the blonde girl who's a oh, nun. The, the nun. Yeah. The exorcism movie. Yeah. Yeah. Which we should watch that cuz it just came out not too long ago. I think ago. it's on Prime. Yeah anyway it's been great you can follow us at all old social media handles but i don't want to put them out there because they might change soon so keep in touch with us on our next episode i hope you enjoyed this first episode of the rebrand as we've been putting a lot of effort into this rebrand and we're excited to get into movies that we really enjoy um you can follow anthony on twitter at gldtv1 and for me um you have to drive into a remote 
area of Texas, and I'll be there um, senile, pointing my gun at you, so... <laughs> get ready no i will be there senile you or making, you making eyes at my or wife or am i swimming in a in a runoff pond yeah <laughs> don't fall in i might mm-hmm. gobble you up alligator i'm an alligator <laughs> all right let's end it there um for the how scary is a podcast my name's anthony and i'm brie and we'll we, see you next week. yeah we hope you enjoyed